Welcome to How to Have Fun at Work. My name is Lynn Parker and I spent years doing something I was good at, but not having any fun. Then one of my clients told me women aren't funny. So I created Funny Women and the rest is history. In this podcast, I talk to guests from both comedy and business. They have a lot more in common than you would ever imagine. It's over 30 years since I was a new mother, and it now feels like a very different world. What are the pressures of motherhood these days? I went back to work because I ran my own public relations business, and it was difficult to take time off. Despite a very supportive husband, it was still a very challenging time, and I eventually had a nervous breakdown when I returned to the workplace after having my second child. Now it appears to me that there's far more support and lots of women seem to go back to work. So I'm going to see if my impressions are founded and I have two amazing guests with me today to discuss the pain and pleasure of combining work and parenting. Welcome Sarah Henley and Kelly Ford. Hello. Hello. Hi Hi, both of you. We even have one of them feeding a baby as as we are recording this. So multitasking, we're very good at that, aren't we? Yeah, we have to be. (laughs) (laughs) So let me introduce my first guest. That is Sarah Henley. Now, I know Sarah best as the founder of Next Up Comedy, a subscription platform showcasing live comedy, encouraging new work and supporting comedy performers and creators. Since launching in November 2016, Next Up has filmed and streamed many original shows, including our very own 2021 Funny Women Awards final at the Bloomsbury Theatre. Now, Sarah is also a playwright and founder of Burn Bright, an organisation that seeks to level the playing field for women playwrights. Sarah was the winner of Innovate UK's Women of Innovation Award earlier this year and shares my passion for diversity in the arts. All this, and she still looks achingly young and has given birth to two children along the way. I don't know how you do it, Sarah. You look so fresh. Thanks, <laughs> I don't feel fresh at all. So how old are your kids? So I've got a four-year-old and a eight-month-old um, both boys both boys being juggled by the other boy in your life I'm I'm assuming at the moment yes one's at school and one is with the partner right now so (laughs) I am child free yes that's amazing um thank you very much Sarah my second guest and relatively new mum for the second time around is Kelly Ford comedian broadcaster and creator of the book of mum After finding herself knee-deep in stained maternity bras and muslins, she decided to share her thoughts on the madly wonderful world of motherhood, which was especially hard for her as she didn't have her own mum around. Kelly serves up Book of Mum via dedicated, blogified chapters that highlight the positives of being a mum. She suggests great things to do in your maternity leave and offers some thoughts and feelings on how to make the best of every day and every situation, which she is doing right now because she has got a a bouncing baby on her knee. She describes Book of Mum as mum's net turned inside out. I'm not sure if that's her brain or the blog, but um, if I had my time again as a new mum, I'd be a serious fan. So Kelly, welcome. How's it going? Um, thanks so much for having me. It's it's going. I mean, that, what can I say? Uh, I'm juggling a baby. I'm talking to you. I've launched a Kickstarter this morning. It's all go. It's all go. <laughs> and how old is uh, how old are your children? So 
Um, baby Eliza was born on the 2nd of February. Wow. So you've Aim both got one. twin babies. As, as, yeah, how oh. amazing is that? That yeah, is sorry, quite... Your baby was born on the 2nd of February too, so proper lockdown cliches all round. <laughs> Wonderful. Absolutely. We're sinking, not sinking our periods, sinking our babies. We love it, except I don't have periods anymore. But there you go. That's another story. That's another podcast. Um, now, both of you, let, let's let's get to the discussion. So your recent experiences, uh, that I've, I always refer to the pain and pleasure of balancing work and family, but I, I do think that's true. And then, of course, we've had the unwelcome intervention of lockdown. So... And you've both recently had babies. So, Sarah, how's it been for you? Let's start, let's start with your story. Um, I, d- I want, having heard Kelly's introduction, I want to be really positive, but I w- it's definitely been a challenge. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Having a lockdown baby, I found really difficult. I for the I didn't take maternity leave the first time with Rudy, my four-year-old, but this time I was like, I'm going to take three months, I'm going to do it. But then I was three months locked in the house wondering how the company was going and I couldn't I I had sort of visions of myself going out for lunches and (laughs) doing nice things when I was on maternity leave and instead I was sort of stuck in with this baby and um, it wasn't the best if I'm honest I was quite glad to get back to work and the baby won't take the bottle so I'm going through a massive rigmarole right now of sort of hiring actors to bring the baby into (laughs) the office for a feed and then remove him and (laughs) Yeah, I've got an Excel spreadsheet and it's shit. Basically. I thought you were going to say hiring <laughs> actors to feed the baby for a minute there. I wish. Wet <laughs> wet nurses. That's Can you act need. as a wet nurse? Oh my god! How, well, that is always a nightmare, isn't it? That that whole breastfeeding, going back to work. Mm. Kelly, what's been your experience? Well, I just think we've lived through the most unique time ever in history, haven't we? And to have a baby amongst that. Um, it's been unusual. So you <laughs> have a baby and normally you open the doors and a thousand people come in and literally you brought, we brought, brought our baby back and no one saw our baby for the no. first few months. And so that was quite unusual. But trying to see the positive, actually, it meant that I could just sit on my lily pad, feed that baby, watch an, so much RuPaul. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, Eliza's first words will be, Shantae, you stay. Um, <laughs> So, so drag babies all round. I love it. I love drag it. Babies. Yeah. Do you know what though? I just there have been obviously challenges in terms of seeing people and going to play groups and doing the things that you normally do at the beginning of motherhood. But in another, on on the flip side, I think there's definitely been positives. So actually, we shouldn't be opening our doors to a thousand people when you're, you know got surgical stockings on and you know see section rooms hanging out and stuff and actually maybe there's some learnings from all of this yeah. in terms of us as mothers taking our time a bit more I want to talk a little bit about the the normal pressures so we've had the lockdown thing which is obviously very unique but you both had your previous children your first children in normal times whatever that may be and what was the pressure then to kind of you both work I mean you know Kelly, you're working as a broadcaster and performer and writer. And Sarah, you do a mix of things, including running Next Up Comedy. So, Sarah, what was, how did you do it the first time around? I think, I think the first time I was quite um, blinkered. I, had, I hadn't had loads of experience with babies and I didn't really have any idea 
what it was going to be like or entail. So I did just imagine myself carrying, cracking straight on, busting out its baby and cracking straight on. And that is sort of what I did. But like you said, Lynn, with your second, I, I was very, very mm. close to the edge yeah. after that. I, I had a horrific birth. It was a 96 hour labor followed oh. by an emergency C-section. Didn't see him for 36 hours. Like the oh. whole thing was an absolute car crash. And even just recovering physically, I shouldn't have gone, I shouldn't have gone straight back to work in the way that I did. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think the pressure was that I run a company. So it's very difficult to sort of replace yourself in that way if it, if it's your, if it's your company. you, You feel a responsibility, don't you? It's your business and you're the one keeping it all going. And, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. 33 years on, I still feel exactly the same. Obviously, I run a different business now than I did at the time I had my first child. But it's that you, you're, you know, your your business is like a baby in a way, isn't it? You're nurturing it as well. Exactly, exactly. But I think, and that's why this time around, I was the business is that much further on. So I was really yeah. keen to take three months and do it properly, but it didn't quite work out the way I'd planned. Mm. But yeah, the, the pressure was there. But then there's the converse ple- pressure of childcare when you do go back to work. So mm. it's, yeah, swings and roundabouts, really. Yeah, I think we've all been there. What about you, Kelly? When you had your first child, how did how did it go for you that time around? Well, I, I kind of, because when you're sort of a freelancer, um, you've got to keep working. Yeah. Um, and actually also when you are uh, a performer and a comedian, you need to get on and be seen to be working. So... I was back on the radio within three months uh, with Tabitha, that was five years ago. And I kind of, I do production work as well as a producer. So I kind of got back to that work within eight months and back to stand up within seven. But this time uh, it's been a little bit different because I was creating stuff during my pregnancy. um, And I was able to, three months into life with Eliza I was able to release a podcast series called The Motherless which is um, a five-parter dedicated to mums without a mum and uh, so that was fantastic so I could kind of be seen that I seemed to be working so that was good (laughs) and then um, the stand-up itch kind of hit me far sooner than it did last time and I was out um, you know making people laugh uh, at five months with Eliza because I was just like, do you know what? Everyone else is rusty after this lockdown. I want to go back out when they're yeah. rusty. So as I kind of don't feel like I've got a few more months at home. So, and last week I was doing a production job, um, you know, so I'm back out there and do you know what? I just feel like, cause, cause there has been a lockdown, especially with comedy. I want to get back. I want to get back. I think out. that's, a, yeah, I think that's a pressure a lot of people have been experiencing, but when you just have one child, Kelly, was it easier? I mean, I think it's, I think once you get that second child, the dynamics change hugely, you know, you can't just go into a restaurant and pop the baby down in a chair while you have your, meal you know you've suddenly got two children you're out there with the coloring crayons and you know it is a lot more I think it's a big commitment yeah I do think two kids you suddenly feel like right actually yeah I am actually a proper parent now (laughs) one one I was kind of feeling quite breezy but actually two it's the real deal isn't it there's no fluffing around yeah, uh, I definitely think that's, well, my pressures were slightly different when I had my second child. I was 
actually not running my own business. I'd actually gone into business with some other people. So I was actually working in a consultancy. And it was the pressure around me of other people and their expectation of me that led to me being actually quite poorly. And, and then it was awful. And it was another woman as well. I mean, that's the other irony. But anyway, that's another story for another day. But, you know, I think we have to be kind to each other. And I think, would, would you say there's generally a bit more understanding now, though, about returning to work? Because I, as I said in my intro, I think there is generally a bit more uh, kindness and we're more used to seeing women returning to work. I think there's been some amazing change makers that have made a return to work easier right now. So the likes of Anna Whitehouse, a.k.a. Mother Pucker, who's been championing flexible working so much so as that it's in the yeah. Houses of Parliament, so as women and people who happen to be parents have a choice in terms of flexible work. I think people like Mother Pucker are, are making it easier for the greater good in terms of us being able to be a parent and mm. work. So there's none of that kind of like, oh, I've got to leave at five. Is that okay? Yeah. Actually, we all know that work is on, work should be factored on productivity, not yes. desk time. And Sarah, what about you? Because you're all your, are all your colleagues male? Yeah, a lot of them are. We've got, we have got, we have got some women now, but all of the sort of senior level, are, the other guys are male. And I, th- I have to say, I think they're wonderful and very, yeah. un- they're very understanding. I think it's again, it's more probably more the pressure I put on myself, um, yes, I, than than anything else. And I think if I, I used to, I come from a di- different world, and I used to work in the in the corporate world, and I think it is easier in those big institutions to to come back and be flexible and take advantage of shared maternity paternity leave and that sort of thing but I think mm. when it's a small company and it's yours yes. and you want to lead the team I think for me the idea, when I have to leave to pick up the kid or the blooming covid bubble bursts or someone screaming in the background I'm just like oh this is hard but it's it's not it's not to do with the way I'm treated by anyone else it's no. just myself we have a, a male colleague at uh, funny women who has two very small children and I we just constantly sit together on zoom with babies crawling all over him he has girls as well which is brilliant <laughs> he's surrounded I by had women. a call with him yes, and he, they yeah. were all trying to climb out the window yes. it was brilliant and I was like actually it's the first call I've had with a, with a dad yeah. where the kids have yeah. been running rampant and I was like yeah. yes but good. you know I applaud that and my husband Richard did that when my kids, you know, when, when I went back to work, Richard was the one at the, with our oldest one at the school gate and our daughter in one of those, you know, things, but papoose things that you put the baby in at the front of you. And he was probably one of the few, probably the only man at that time. So I think things have changed. It's much more, you see a lot, lot more men now, I think, sharing the childcare, um, which makes it possible for us to go back to work. This is How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker, the founder of Funny Women. To find out how to have fun in your workplace, visit www.herlarious.co.uk. So I'd like to move on now and talk a little bit about the dreaded 
or maybe it's good, social media and the impact that has had on motherhood. Because I think if I look at my years when I had very small children, there was no... I think we barely had the internet. I mean, it, does, it doesn't seem that long ago, but that's been a big, huge seed change. And, and you're both involved with businesses and concepts that are based on new media. So does social media, let's just talk about actual social media, does it help or hinder? Kelly, let's come to you first. Well, I think it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It's a double... Oh, she's just turned the hoover on. One minute. This is a good time. Okay, this is, this is motherhood actually in action. Got a, um, okay, so I think the social media, in answer to your question, Lynn, it is a double-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah. Because there's obviously, you know, it's a fantastic shop window for me on a personal level if I can't go out and perform I can write I can make a video I can do a reel I can get instant gratification for that I can work with brands you know and actually when you're a you know a comedian forging your way out into the world it's a fantastic way to get instant reactions brand partnerships opportunities that you know doesn't involve you've slogging your way to Dalston or Feltham or Canterbury, you know, during a week. So there's a definite positive um, element of social media. There is obviously the darker side to social media, which is if you are at home and alone and you're perhaps not feeling so great about your life and you're sleep deprived and you're covered in milk and you're seeing a lot of other Insta mummies looking fantastic living opulent lives, going on great holidays, paid for by by brands. That that probably could... Um, I, I'm already at suicidal here, Kelly. I mean, <laughs> I really I think... I mean, honestly, I don't know if I could have coped with that. But I, I think, think that's, that's a real it is, downside that, of it. I think that is a difficult element. And I, I also think that there are many Insta mums who are actually telling the truth and mm. by doing that you do feel you're part of one fantastic group of people who are actually changing the script a bit around motherhood and actually saying do you know what yeah I'm exhausted today yeah. I, I've got a, you know today I'm finding it hard and actually you know on the flip side of the glamour there is also a real tranche of women or I think are really rewriting the script around honesty and parenthood and I think brilliant for future generations mm. they're setting an amazing example because I think perhaps the generation before us it was kind of you know well, it was all hidden it, it, it was still there but you just didn't see it in the same way I think my experience was more about the you know the the, the mother groups and going to exercise classes where everyone seemed to have lost all their baby weight but I hadn't, you know, things like that. It was a different kind of pressure. But Sarah, how in how does it affect you? Do you are you a big social media user, or do you keep it yeah, at it's bay? An, it's an interesting one. I'm not. I'm not brilliant on social media. I have to say, but I think it's. I think it depends, and it and it's very much depends on your mental health and outlook. Whether you're looking for solidarity, as Kelly was saying, and the women who are sort of doing it and, and showing it warts and all or whether you're looking for perfection and you see that. And I think the tr it's sort of self-sabotage, isn't it, to go through yeah. the perfect mummy's stuff and just look at how crap you are comparatively. Um, so it's, 
I think it's on the per it's on the individual person to find the thing that's going to help them. And sometimes I think it's easy to self sabotage and just see how wonderful everyone is who's staying at home doing baby led weaning, feeding <laughs> a child like homemade asparagus pesto, and I'm just like shoving <laughs> the you old baked bean in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so it depends it depends on on what how much of a sabotage flex I'm on um whether it's helpful or not helpful but um I think it can I think it can be I mean having said that there I am like googling how do I get this baby off the boob and onto the bottle yes. and mum's neck comes up and they're like why would you ever want to do that? Oh, you, breast is best and it's perfect and it's a magical relationship and it's best yeah. for your baby. And so you do get, there is, there is. So that is a pressure, isn't it? I mean, that yeah. is like the, you know, this, the pressure to be perfect that you've got to do these things. Oh, that is a nightmare. I don't think I could have handled that. Um, Kelly, you have your wonderful uh, blog, Come Everything, really, you know, Book of Mum. But you you you're very much a warts and all, aren't you? It's not all about it's not all about warts have cleared up actually, Lynn. Thank you. But, um, <laughs> do you know what? I am I am I am out there telling the truth about it. Yeah. Actually I think by doing that, it's it just works better for everyone, for the greater mm. good. Because and, and actually, when it's going well, I will talk about that as well. But, I mean, for instance, when we have just been talking, I've got this robotic hoover. There's we a, did notice that. It's the shape of a circle. So <laughs> forgive forgive me, um, but Eliza was wrestling with the, um, with the hoover. And this is just real life over here. So anyway, yeah, I think it's really important <laughs> if I'm going to be out there talking about parenthood that I talk about it in an honest manner. Otherwise, who am I kidding? Like, yeah. You're listening to How to Have Fun at Work, brought to you by Funny Women and Hilarious. And of course, there is that wonderful TV series, Motherland, written by Holly Walsh. Um, and it's just so true to life, isn't it? I think, you know, the man in that is definitely my husband at the school gate when, when I was back at work and he was taking care. But, you know, it, it does actually pull out the, the bad bits doesn't it and comedy let's talk about comedy because that really takes us on into how we can get over things Sarah do you have much content around parenting on next up mm, that's a good question we've got quite a few mums and we've got like Jess Foster Key, but we haven't got her most recent show um but there's there quite a few, yeah. There's quite a few women now who, in the nearly twenty years that I've run Funny Women, who've had families, and they're, you know, I've noticed how content has changed and how they will talk about bringing up their kids. Yeah, um, Esther Manito's great. Oh, she does she's a brilliant. lot about yes. her kids, and I think yeah. I've sort of found solidarity with her after the <laughs> after the odd gig, and just been like, how how do you do it because hers are that little bit older than me so that it's definitely out there but i'd say like it's interesting isn't it the guys the 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 guys who talk about families like mcintyre and all of those guys seem yeah. to get away with it in a way that i think women are only just starting to yes to bring that yeah, content yeah. to the fore it's quite interesting so i think we need to be looking at that content wise and you know if we're going to have fun at work we we need to we need to be doing more than just blogging and doing reels. I think we need to start thinking about programming. 
Kelly, have you got any ideas along those lines? Well, yeah, I just think the more comedians that talk about parenting, the better it is for all of us as parents. Because mm. actually it feels like we're all then in the kind of same boat, riding different waters, you know. But I am a big fan of Jessica Foster Q, uh, Laura Smith. Um, there's an amazing... Jen... Brister. Brister. Jen Brister, I love her material around. Oh, brilliant parenting. around parenting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. we've got really that show. Actually. Yeah, that's really a really good show. As LGBTQ plus to be talking about her journey parenting um, with two mothers, um, Sarah Barron. You know, like there's a lot of mums our age who are going out there and absolutely smashing the material mm. about parenting, and it's inspirational, but it also is. Um, it's necessary. Otherwise, yeah. like, yeah. all of these women are forging their ways in comedy, smashing it to bits, but and having, also happen to be parents. And actually, yeah. how inspirational is that for future generations of female comedians coming up through the ranks? Um, and, you know, also for other mums out there who want to try their first stand-up gig of five minutes. So it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, Cindy V's stuff around her kids is absolutely hilarious Indeed. and uh, she talks about her mum as well who who sadly uh passed a couple, about 18 months ago but you know a lot of that stuff I saw in the early development stages and it was brilliant to see somebody talking so openly and honestly about teenage kids who are that's another whole ball game and you know I'm looking forward to the day when I get grandmas coming and doing content I'm not a grandma yet, but, you know, I think that's the way female comedy is progressing and it, and I think that's really good for us. And hopefully with Next Up being on the forefront of this development, we can we can all work together on some stuff going forward. Um, Kelly, you lost your mum, um, so... And your new project? Tell us a bit more about that. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, thank you, Lynn. Um, it's great to be able to talk about this, yeah? For a while, I've wanted to create some radio um, that tells these stories of mums who don't have their mums, because there are there are an amazing amount of women who are mumming without a mum. They may yeah. have, they might have incredible support networks, fantastic family, you know, great partners. But if you haven't got your mum, there's, mm. there's just questions like, did you formula feed? Did you have a C-section? How long did you take to recover? So this, this idea came about and I collaborated with a Radio 4 producer, a Women's Hour producer called Laura Thomas, and we created five episodes and it was called The Motherless, available on iTunes and Spotify. <laughs> and, uh, and they're five beautiful conversations, memorials to these mothers. And, you know, some relationships with the mums weren't so easy. Some, uh, we speak to one lady, Carly Musa, and she at the time she was undergoing treatment for breast cancer. And, oh. you know, her mum sadly had passed away to breast cancer. Each story had its own beautiful narrative. Carly's doing fantastically, by the way. She's in a very good position. Good. I was going to ask. But, you know, the, these stories are just so beautiful and they're such perfect memorials. And the response was phenomenal. We mm. had, I had individual messages saying, I haven't ever heard anything like this before. It's so nice to feel heard. Um, and that was, that was our, 
that was our goal in to reach those mums handling all of that brain confetti, everything from has the dog been wormed to the boiler being broken to Charlie needs new shoes, but also handling grief at the same time. Mm. And so series one came out. It was an absolute smash. I released that in May and I've just launched today a Kickstarter for series two because as we know, these things cost money to make. And, mm. and, and actually, I think it's a great idea and a positive way for those stories to con- continue being told. Yeah. Sorry, Eliza. Sarah, I mean, how, could you see something like that working maybe with a bit of humour thrown in as a project for Next Up Comedy? Yeah. I mean, at the moment, we're quite a visual platform. Um, mm. But that's not to say never say never on audio. Yeah. And... and um, I think as long as it's got that sort of live aspect, it, it definitely could. And just props to could, you, Kelly. Could be talking really heads, couldn't amazing. it? I think, I yeah. think there's, you know, I think what, we have a lot of comedy just in people conversing with each other. I mean, because we're all hilarious. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there is, there is that thing where we, I think comedy is going more down that route of sharing and maybe that's something we should all be working towards. A podcast is one thing, but, you know, little mini documentary series and things. Mm. Anyway, for for future thought. Um, so I want to get back to the older workplace. So going forward, Sarah, how do you think you're going to juggle your family life with your career? I think just one foot in front of the other. <laughs> <laughs> with difficulty is the answer i i, I think childcare is a oh. massive massive problem in this country full stop under fours like you get a bit of free help from three years old but it's not what they say it is they say you get 30 hours a week from three but you don't because they spread that only within term time so then mm. the holidays and everything you don't and so i think that's like the biggest challenge of my life is the Excel spreadsheet of childcare. Oh my gosh. And yes. It's, it's hard. And then in addition, this baby that won't take the bottle. So he's being brought in. Um, and it's, it's not, just, just to interrupt there. Sorry, sorry. Do you know that UK is the most expensive country for childcare mm. in the whole of the world? It's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, it was, it was expensive when, 30 years ago when I had my kids you know I spent a fortune on au pairs nannies daycare it is it's unbelievable my mum had a nanny for us and she went straight back to work and Mm. that is just I think that was just about doable then on like your average income but there's no way we could do that it's so expensive now and and a lot Mm. of it has been re-regulated and you know I mean absolutely things have really moved on um so What's your what's your best bit of advice for someone that wants to go back to work, Kelly? Make sure you have a really great support network in place. Mm. Um, and if you don't have that, um, just find the time. Like, I mean, I was recording podcasts at nine o'clock at night after a tap of yeah. my bed. And just, like, find find the time because, you know... Not everyone has the luxury of a support network, you know, or, or indeed money or all of these things. So I just think chip away at whatever your dream is and it will it will become eventually, you know, your your 
your hobby or your career, you know, children grow up. Mm. I just think, <laughs> I think even if it's like 15 minutes a day, you know, in terms of working on a dream, that's one bit of advice. And I also just think like, if it's a way of swapping, like I've had to do swaps with other mums in terms of childcare, yeah. um, just so as I can get a couple of hours work done or a pitch done or record a pod. So I think like lean, yeah. They say think, it takes a village. I think it takes a vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> a vineyard, definitely. But, you know, um, I do recall that we, I, I used to belong to NCT, and my group of friends that I met through that, they were my support network because we all lived near each other. So quite often we'd, we'd pass the baby, you know, and... I, I hope people still do that now because I think that's it. It's your biggest thing is your community. And maybe social media has helped with that because you can connect with people easier. We couldn't do that. We had to try and get hold of people on the phone. So, you know, it was a different world. But if you look at the elements of it, they were all, they're all consistent with now. Nothing has changed that much. So I was going to say, there's a really good group on Facebook called Parents in the Performing Arts. Oh, yes, yes, I've seen that. Really good support there. So if you've got a casting, quite often you can get someone to help you look after your mm. kids and stuff like that. So, yeah, like lean in. Yeah, and I think, um, Sarah, do you use any particular networks? I think we're all quite a well-networked generally, aren't we? Yeah, I think I'm, I, again, the husband's an out of work actor a lot of the time. He's in work at the moment, which is very annoying, but there are, <laughs> I'm lucky enough to be able to tap into that sort of network of actors who always tend to be very good at entertaining children. So at the moment I, I'm leaning on them and, um, and they're wonderful. And yeah, I think you're right. I found it very hard to ask for help the first time around, but now again, social media, I do a bit of like parenting by social media of like, can anyone have this baby? Yeah. And people will sometimes yeah. come forward. So it's, yeah, it's not naturally in my nature to ask, but uh, I've found that when I have done, it's it's been rewarded. I think the old, um, you know, uh, the nuclear family has changed as well. We don't all have our, even, you know, I know Kelly's lost her mum, but not everyone lives right on top of their parents. Both of my kids live quite a long way away from us. So not by design, <laughs> it sounds like it, but neither of them have children yet. But I I do see a time when if they do have children, I would want to be able to support and help where I can. And I think that if you've had that experience as I had when my children were small, that is quite important. But not everybody has the luxury of that. So, you know, your friends become very important. What about the workplace? Just to finish off on that, I do think we are more aware. Would you agree, Sarah? I think people are much more equipped so. to deal with motherhood. Less, and I actually think lockdowns helped because we've yes. had that window into people's lives where they haven't been able to hide it all. So even the like, yeah, you've seen people's washing on display. You've seen that people have, other people have got children. And I think that there has been sort of, I don't know, I've definitely dropped my guard with it. And when the baby mm. comes into the office, I'm far less like squirreling him away and trying to make <laughs> it all work. And I'm much more like, here's the baby, pass it round, yeah, you know? Yeah. And um, I think, so I do think that's helped. I, I the, the guys at work love it and they're really happy for that to happen but I know that back in my corporate life yes um, 
which was in sort of the legal world, that the women had to button up and there was just no mention of it, no mention yeah. of children. And it was just like, I'm one of the guys, I can do this, I can mock up. And there was and there was no acceptance. And I don't know whether that's changed or not. I, I've I think it I do think it's a lot better. I mean, I'm I belong to quite a few uh, networks, uh, all sorts from the world, the corporate world and the arts. And I've there is a much bigger nod now to motherhood than there ever was. Although there's still a propensity to the old smart suit and the high heels, which drives me absolutely balmy because real life ain't like that. You know, we, we we can't all be buttoned up. We've just got to actually what matters is doing the work and being good at your work. And it doesn't matter whether you do it at midnight because your baby's asleep and you've got time to do it. Or whether you do it, but I, you know, I think I do think you're right. I think having 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 things like Zoom and being able to do meetings remotely has hugely improved the the working environment for a lot of us, even those of us without kids, um, well, older grown up kids who are not here anymore. Well, I I think we've done the subject quite proud, both of you. I mean, we could go on forever. It's a big it's a big topic. Um, so I'd just like to round up with your top tip please, on how you have fun at work. So, Kelly, how do you have fun at work? You can make it fun by being honest and, uh, you know, also just putting yourself in the ring, getting on with it. And I, yeah. think, um, I think by doing that, more and more, more and more mothers will have more and more opportunities. So by being honest, being vulnerable and stating your situation and, and then making it as fun as you can. Brilliant. Sarah, how do you have fun at work? Yeah, I'd be completely inclined to agree. I think it's all about the people that you work with. And I think I'll take that a step further. And it's about seeing them as people as well and finding out things about them. Like I've got a guy at work who loves fossils and mushroom foraging. And I think the moment you start asking questions about people yeah. as humans, as opposed to whatever they're doing in their job, you you develop a connection in a different way. So I'd say have fun at work by finding out who who is in the room and what are their little quirks that you can sort of get your teeth into. Just like a comedian would do. That's how you, that's how you get material together, isn't it? You, you know, ask questions, listen, be interested in people. And then it is fun. I mean, part of the fun of work is being with other people, whether it's remotely or all together in an office, that, that should be what it's about. It's about a community. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Kelly, where can we find you? You've plugged a couple of things already, but is there anything else you just want to promote? I'm on where can we find you? Instagram under Book of Mum, and that's normally where my comedy gigs are, and also online Book of Mum, as heard on Soho Radio every other week. Yeah. Brilliant. And Sarah? Um, well, social, it's normally Next Up Comedy on all different platforms. And then if you if you want to hear what I'm wanging on about. I'm sometimes Sarah Henley UK on Twitter, which actually sounds a bit Brexity now, but I promise it was it was long, <laughs> long before that happened. That I had that name. And of course, thanks to the power of Next Up, you can indeed watch our fabulous final is still available to people. How did um, it go? Was it brilliant? It was amazing. Well, I'm of course going to say it was amazing. I'll let Sarah answer that question. It was great. Was- I thought it was great. The standard was absolutely exceptional. It was it was absolutely brilliant. So on that lovely happy note, we're all going to sashay away now, so that uh, your child knows how to say that, (laughs) Kelly. Uh, um, Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker. 
If you like us, please subscribe, review, and share. Chicken, 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 chicken.